This is Dr. Holly Lucille's Mindful Medicine. Here's Dr. Holly Lucille. Hi folks, thank you so much for joining us here at Mindful Medicine. This is Dr. Holly Lucille. So I am so excited, and I always say that about my shows, but I am about talking about what diet trends are dangerous for your heart. So yes, there are trends out there. I can tell you 100%, there's this diet, there's that diet. Um, should you go on a diet? But you know what? If you look up diet in the dictionary, the exact word, you know what it means? And this is life-changing for me. It was practice-changing for me. Diet in the dictionary, so as a definition means habitual nourishment. How as a habit do you nourish yourself? And so that's how I started talking to my patients about it. It's like nourishment, you know, because some people don't feel worthy of being nourished. And so that's where kind of that stuff comes in. But yes, there are so many trends out there. There's pop wellness doctors on television. There's a lot of things on the internet. People are searching for nourishment in all sorts of different ways. But there, I believe, are some things that can be dangerous. So to talk this through, I'm going to introduce Barbara Hudson Roberts. She is a medical doctor, MD, and she's the first female adult cardiologist in the state of Rhode Island. Believe it or not, she graduated from Bernard College and Case Western Reserve School of Medicine. As a resident at Yale New Haven Hospital, she became active in the pro-choice movement before Roe versus Wade made abortion legal. She's done so much work, but she's going to help us talk about the diet trends out there right now that could actually be dangerous for you. Dr. Roberts, thanks so much for being on the show. It's a pleasure to be with you, and uh, I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to expound on what I have learned over many years of practicing medicine. I love it. I can't wait. Okay, so let's dive in. Talk about, is there one diet that is suitable for all people? Uh, not really, because there are some people who have conditions which make it extremely important that they avoid certain foods. I mean, diabetes is probably the most common uh, thing, a condition that comes to mind. But there are also disorders of fat metabolism. Uh, there's a rare uh, abnormality of fat metabolism that causes uh, people to, who eat fat to have attacks of pancreatitis, for example. So there is no one-size-fits-all uh, diet, but there are some diets that are clearly uh, unhealthy for uh, children and all human beings. And I'm thinking particularly about the current American diet, which is very high in processed foods. Now, what do we mean when we say processed foods? By definition, a processed food is one that has been put through a series of either mechanical or chemical operations in order to change it or in order to make it have a longer shelf life. And common examples of processed foods include um, uh, white flour, uh, bread, uh, candies, sodas, uh, certain types of uh, meat preparations, uh, many convenience foods such as microwave meals or many meals, cakes, biscuits. These are foods that are highly processed and are packed with calories, but really lacking in a lot of nutrients. Yeah. So I always know that, you know, I feel like you get the double whammy that way. So you're eating food that is going to contribute to inflammation and weight gain, 
but at the same time that food the nourishment is devoid of nutrients <laughs> so you're you're starting to break down biochemical processes because every single biochemical process we have in our body is fueled by a cofactor that is either a vitamin or a mineral and so the standard american diet as you referenced and i know this is sound you know this is we've heard it before but it's sad and when i mean i mean sad it stands for sad but it is sad um, and it's probably pretty dangerous. And we see it in the we see it in the literature, and we also see it in our our numbers. You know, as far as um, disease states. Right. We are, we are probably the first culture in history that is simultaneously uh, overweight and malnourished. Isn't that interesting? You are right. We could, we are overweight and malnourished. Let's scratch our heads with that one. So, what about a, a diet then being detrimental to the heart? You as a cardiologist. Um, how can that happen? Well, there are, you know, people have been fixated on cholesterol for a long time, but cholesterol is a very weak risk factor. The only cholesterol that's of any importance is the HDL, the high-density lipoprotein cholesterol, or the so-called good cholesterol. And the, interestingly enough, the way to lower your good cholesterol and increase your risk of heart disease is to eliminate fat from your diet. And saturated fats in particular have been unfairly maligned because nothing raises your level of HDL cholesterol more effectively and more efficiently than saturated fats. Monounsaturated fats are also helpful and some polyunsaturated fats like omega-3 fatty acids um, are beneficial. Um, but the uh, only bad fats are the so-called trans fats, which are found mostly, 99% of the time, in processed foods. And these are seed oils that have been processed to a fairly well. And even though some of them are touted as being heart healthy, they are not. They promote inflammation. Yeah. So, okay. So you're kind of turning the, the whole saturated fat thing on its head. Because if you're saying that if you want to decrease your good cholesterol, so cholesterol that's working uh, to remove LDL from the system by decreasing your amount of saturated fat, it's a way to decrease your HDL. By increasing your saturated fat, you can actually increase your HDL. Correct. And in addition, low HDL often goes along with elevations of another blood fat, which when they're elevated, is a much more potent risk factor than high levels of LDL, the so-called bad cholesterol. In fact, high levels of LDL cholesterol are not a risk factor in women at all, and they're only a very weak risk factor in men. Far more, a far more potent risk factor is the, complement, uh, the combination of high triglycerides and low HDL, which tend to go along together and often, are often seen in diabetics and people who are pre-diabetic. And the way to lower high triglycerides is to eat a low carbohydrate, high fat diet. Yep, I knew you were going to say triglycerides. I was almost going to jump in there, but I thought I could be wrong, <laughs> but I wasn't. So when you think about the word triglycerides, let's break it down. Tri, so three glycerol, so three sugar molecules on a fatty acid backbone. So yes, anytime I see that elevation in triglycerides, I know that is probably pretty modifiable because it's diet related. Yes, it's all modifiable with diet. And that's why big pharma, you don't hear much about it from big pharma because it is eminently treatable with diet. And of course, changing diet doesn't make big pharma any money. Yeah, there is, 
you know, there is no money in wellness. There's no money when you're dead and there's no money when you're, um, well, it's just that in between part that usually, you know, raises the needle for <laughs> the need for medications and such. And so there is no money in wellness from the big pharma. And that's probably why we aren't seeing some of the simple education out there in the big ways that we are seeing the direct to consumer commercials for all the other medications that are being released one day after another. Um, so, uh, talk to, so, you know, why has the incidence of overweight folks and obesity skyrocketed here since the 1970s? I mean, I travel a bit for my profession and if you want to catch a random slice of the population, in my opinion, you like just go to an airport because you've got people from all over, perhaps in that hub. And I have been shocked, shocked in the last decade to, un I mean, I, to understand not only just the size of folks, but the continued choices of folks when it comes to their eating. Right. Well, the 1970s was when, with nothing in the way of, of good science to back it up, uh, organizations like the American Heart Association, the American Cardio College of Cardiology started pushing low-fat diets, and they replaced the fat that makes our diet um, make us feel filled they replace those uh, those fats with sugar and processed carbohydrates, the worst possible thing they could have done. And big, big food jumped on the bandwagon. And instead of having eggs for breakfast, people started having sugary cereals. And for years, the American Heart Association was giving the heart check symbol, meaning it was heart healthy, next to foods that had more sugar than Coca-Cola. And why were they doing that? Because those food companies paid the American Heart Association obscene amounts of money. So the, uh, the epidemic of overweight and obesity coincided with eliminating fats from the diet and replacing them with sugar and other carbohydrates. Yeah, that whole fat-free phase, we got really fat on that whole fat-free uh, trend. Um, because what, what, when, you, when you take out the flavor and the satiation of fat, well, what are you going to replace it with? And it's just sugar. And oh, fats are so good. I mean, our, our, the, every single we have a every single cell in our body, folks. It's a bilipid layer membrane. It's made of fats. We need good fats and plenty of fats to keep our synapses and our brain working. Right. We need cholesterol for that. Cholesterol is integral to the cell membrane around every cell in our body. It's integral to the sheets of our nerves, the myelin sheets. Twenty-five percent of the body's cholesterol is found in the brain. So you need cholesterol. It's not the demon. Cholesterol is your friend. And the other thing is eating cholesterol does not raise your cholesterol unless you're a rabbit. And if you're a rabbit, eating cholesterol will raise your cholesterol. But people are fixated on cholesterol when they shouldn't be. I mean, my cholesterol is 300. I would never take a statin. My mother's cholesterol was 300. She lived to 88, never took a statin, didn't die of heart disease. Cholesterol doesn't matter in women, and it matters very little in men. And, you know, the thing is, I mean, also, if you think about cholesterol, it's the mother of all steroid hormones. So menopausal women, we want to have our, you know, hormones coming from somewhere, especially as we're living longer, longer, longer after menopause. And important there for the whole steroidogenic pathway, 
um, for our hormones, very important. But yeah, you make a great point. And you know, I think eggs got a really bad rap. It's a great source of protein. Um, they have a natural emulsifier in them for that fat called lecithin. And so, um, but once again, yes, we replace that with those. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. So are there diets out there that you think require supplementation? Um, when I think about the word supplement, I think adding to or enhancing something that already exists. So if somebody has a good diet, do we need a supplement? What do you think? Well, uh, you know, uh, vegan diets are becoming more and more popular. And I think that this is a dangerous trend. I'm always increasing the amount of vegetables in our diet and decreasing the amount of meat we eat, especially the factory, factory farmed meats, which are loaded often with pesticides and antibiotics and growth hormones and the animals lead miserable existences, but a vegan diet is inherently deficient in vitamin B12. And vitamin B12 is necessary for life. You can only get it from animal products naturally. So a vegan diet has to be supplemented for B12. Vegan diets tend to be deficient in calcium and vitamin D because they eliminate dairy products. So I think Oh, and the other thing is that no human culture has evolved eating a purely vegan diet. There have been many cultures that were vegetarian, but for example, they would eat dairy products or they, they would eat eggs or they would eat fish. But to only exist on plant material, you must supplement or you will get sick and die. That's, you know, it was interesting. I was listening to a radio program the other day and it was um, the family. It wasn't even Michael uh, Pollock's. Uh, it was the family of Michael Pollock's, the author of Omnivore's Dilemma. And they they actually sort of promoted something called flexitarianism, which I had not, believe it or not, heard about. And the whole idea of flexitarianism is very strong plant-based because, I mean, hashtag plant fibers, right? It's a lot. It's nutrient dense. It can feed our microbiome. Um, you, you can't, you, the anthocyanidins, all of the, um, our phytonutrients, the, if it colors, 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 that's where we feed, 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 feed our, and fuel our biochemistry. But the flexitarian part is every so often, uh, clean, uh, you know, ethically sourced, um, uh, animal products. And they were actually even saying that. And so what it's, it's interesting. I mean, I think that it's almost like anything else out there today, whether it be politics or the, um, I, I see that people get very upset if there is a comment made about the choice that they've made, or if, if you're not on board or, you know, there's, and, and I wrote a blog once, I have to be completely transparent. And it was a real, about a true story about a patient who came to me wondering if she should go vegan. And for me, it wasn't about going vegan. It was like how you were going to do it because you've probably heard the term French fry vegetarian, right? So you can stop eating meat products, but also have a poor diet. And you know, one doesn't necessarily coincide with the other as far as being healthy. So in my education with her, we were talking about it, talking about the nutrients that might be devoid or, or she would have to source uh, further to get a complete protein um, source and or all of the uh, macronutrients and micronutrients, et cetera. And so, but the blog, even though as um, I thought benign as it was, got a lot of aggressive comments 
from vegans and um, I didn't understand it. I didn't know it was coming. There was a lot of hate towards me. And it was just one of those things where I understood that this is a very charged emotional issue for folks and that has to be taken into consideration. Yes, yes. Um, and, you know, I, I've come across that myself, not, not to that extent, but, you know, a friend of mine had a, a grandchild who became vegan and would, wouldn't sit down at a table if there were any animal products on the table, even if it was honey or butter. <laughs> so there are people who uh, feel passionately about it and, you know, have no problem, you know, passing judgment on other people uh, who feel differently. You know, we all have our, you know, things that we believe and hold dear, but I think the sign of a, a mature person is that they're able to tolerate other viewpoints without, you know, becoming mortal enemies. Yes, exactly. We got to get curious before critical for sure. Um, folks can find you at, at thedoctorbra.com, correct? That is the website of my latest book, which is a memoir um, about my past as a mafia doctor and a mafia mistress. But I, my book before that was called the truth about statins and that was about the dangers of statin medications and some of the alternatives and actually there are some nice heart healthy recipes in the truth about statins and the truth about statins has a facebook page but it no longer has a website because it's been out for seven years now yeah that is an incredible book dr roberts the truth about statins um they are too commonly prescribed um i think the risk benefit ratio is not in the favor of benefit and there are are alternatives as far as staying healthy from a heart perspective, from a metabolic perspective. Um, and Dr. Roberts can point you in that right direction. Uh, your Twitter handle is at. There's, there, there's about their metabolic poisons. Yes. Metabolic poisons. I, yes, I agree with you. I 100% agree with you. And, um, it's, you know, dossier in Latin doctor dossier means to teach. And it's probably the finest thing that I do when folks come in and say, well, you know, my cardiologist wants to put me on a statin. And of course, I don't want to, you know, disregard the work or the recommendations of any other practitioner, but I do want to empower, and this is what the show is all about, being mindful about your choices and bring the literature out and help folks understand that there might be uh, safer, more effective alternatives than just a here take this approach and this is coming from the daughter of two pharmacists <laughs> which here here take this was very 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 um the popular in the way that i grew up and so uh yeah there's there's great so i i really appreciate the work that you do um and so what's up for you next um well i'm not sure actually um, I'm still in the midst of my book promotion stage for The Doctor Broad, A Mafia Love Story. I've been doing a book tour. In fact, I just got back from the West Coast, so I hope I'm coherent because I suffer from jet lag. Um, and I still am on the voluntary faculty at Brown. Uh, I teach part-time. I volunteer teach in our medical clinic. And um, I'm considering, you know, when and what I will write about next, because I've had four books published. I, I didn't mention my first book, which came out in 2004, and the second edition, edition in 2009 was How to Keep from Breaking Your Heart, What Every Woman Needs to Know About Cardiovascular Disease, because of course heart disease is the number one killer of women. Um, so I'm, I'm still mulling 
various ideas I have. Um, I'd love to write a cookbook at some point. Dr. Barbara Roberts, the first female adult cardiologist in the state of Rhode Island. Thank you so much for your work. You know, we've got to get your books out there, The Truth About Statins and all of your other work. Um, your Facebook is facebook.com. The Facebook page is The Truth About Statins. And um, all of my books are available on Amazon and other online booksellers. All right. Thank you so much for the work that you do and continue to do. And mindful listeners, thank you. And we're going to see you next time.